0: Nama vishnu padaya krishna prishthaya Bhutale le shri mate bhakti swami nitinami use the microphone, microphone. Manashastra bicharena Loka na- Padha Krishna Padha Ravinda Bhajana श्रीपदाया कृष्ण प्रस्ताय पूतले श्रीमते भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी नितिनामी ने नमस्ते शरण्यते देवे गौरवानी प्रचारी ने निर्विशेष शुन्नवादी पाश्चत्ता देशुकाले श्रील प्रभुपाद की जाए हरे कृष्णा Janatimiran Dasya Jana and Jana Shala Kaya Militang Jena Dasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Mano Pishtang Stapitang Jena Bhūtale Swayam Rūpa Kadāmaeha Dadāti Svapadātika Vandehaṃ Shri Gura Shri Jutapada Kamalaṃ Shri Guraṃ Vaiṣṇavaścā shri rupam sagra jatam sahagana raghunatha netam twam sajeepam sadvaitam parijana sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Deva Shri Radha Krishna Pada Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhannita Mishcha Ajahnu Bhujau Kanakabh Sankir Kamalayataksho Pitaro Kamala Yatak Dijavaro Jugadharmo Palo Bande Jagat Priyakaro Kuruna Hey Krishna Karuna Sindho Dinabandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namastute Jayutang Surato Pango Mamomandamatergati Mat sarvasya padam bhojo Radha madanamohana Dibbad vrindarana kalpad drumadha Shrimad ratnagar Śrīmad Rādhā Śrīla Govinda Deva Prishtalībhi Śrīmad Rādhā Śrīla Govinda Deva Prishtalībhi Śrīmad Rādhā Śrīmad Rāsara Sārambhi Karshan Venu Svanair Gopi Gopinatha Shriestuna Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrinda Vanishari Brishabhan Sute Devi Pranam Mami Hari Kripa Sindhu Bhai Vacha Patitanan Pavanibhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namu Namaha Namaha Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Srimati Bhakti Vedanta Svāmi Niti Namaste śaraśyate deve Gauravāni prachārene Nirviśeśa śunnavādi Paschata visotārene Śrī Kṛṣṇa Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadha Shibashadi Gauram Bhakta Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram Ram Hare Krishna So this morning I mentioned that we will have a seminar on Brihad Bhagavatam Ritam This is Brihad Bhagavatam Ritam Brihad Bhagavatam Brihad means great and Bhagavat Srimad Bhagavatam Amritam In simple words we can say The nectarian expansion of Shrimad Bhagavatam We know of Srimad Bhagavatam Although Shrimad Bhagavatam has 12 cantos And 18,000 shlokas But Bhagavatam has been presented in a concise form we can see Krishna's pastimes in Srimad Bhagavatam. They just briefly touched those pastimes. In various Puranas and Samhitas, those pastimes of Krishna has been elaborately explained. Like we get Krishna is killing different demons and who are those demons we don't get the background but uh, in some Puranas and in Samhitas it has been elaborated who are those demons and how they had been cursed to become demons and how they had been delivered by Krishna Krishna's devotee curses, like Narad Muni or other such great devotees curse. Uh, like, for example, uh, we know of the incident of Nalakuver and Manigriva. Nalakuver and Manigriva behaved in an improper way, uh, and Narad Muni cursed them. And then they beg forgiveness. Please forgive us. For, please forgive us. We made a mistake. But Narayana Murthy said, "Look, the words that has gone out of my mouth is bound to happen. So what I have said will happen. But Krishna will deliver. You will be born as a, as two trees huh? in the Earth planet." But where will you take birth? In Nanda Maharaj's Courtyard And Krishna will deliver And this way uh, We can see eventually the curse Becomes a benediction So devotee's curse Eventually becomes a benediction Lord Shiva cursed Parvati cursed Bhrithrasura Or rather uh, And as a result of the curse uh, Chitraketu Became a demon But the demon is a great devotee Chitraketu was a great devotee And he was cursed to become a demon And even though he became a demon He was He was a devotee, he remained a devotee all along and eventually he was cursed by Vajra and apparently Indra killed him. He was killed by Vajra but it was not that Indra killed him. In Bhagavatam, in Srimad Bhagavatam it has been explained. That Indra didn't kill Britra. Britra already left his body. Before Indra killed, apparently killed, Britrashra already left his body. And leaving his body, where did he go? He went to the abode of Lord Shankarshan. He was a devotee of Shankarshi, Balaram. So he got his place in the abode of Balaram Shankarshan. So in this way we can see a devotee's curse eventually become a benediction. So most of the demons are actually uh, individuals, exalted personalities, uh, who are cursed by different brahmanas and saintly sages, devotees. And they acted as a demon. But where did they act? They acted in Krishna's pastimes. That itself is such a great fortune. To become a demon, even in Krishna's pastimes, is benediction. <laughs> and then they were killed by Krishna. And the result is they went, they got liberation, they were delivered, they got elevated to Vaikuntha. Some even went to Golok. Brihad Bhāgava will describe All these demons are there In Golok Vrindavan Keshī is there Arishtasura is there Kaliya is there But they are all In Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan Sometimes Krishna feels like Going out on a huh? To ride on a horseback now who Krishna uses as the horse? Keshi. Krishna sometimes plays his pastimes of subduing Kaliya. And actually it is Krishna sporting to ride on Kaliya's back. He subdu- He rides on to Kaliya's back, Kaliya's head. He puts his Uttariya, his chadar, on Kaliya's mouth. And uses it like a rain And he rides on the lake uh, Like a boat ride on a lake So this is how Krishna actually The demons are there in Goloka Bhattava, In Krishna's eternal pastimes So anyway the point is Sanatana Goswami elaborated Bhagavata pastimes of Krishna in Srimad Bhagavatam uh, giving the essence in an expanded way and that is Brihad Bhagavatam Brihad Bhagavatam Ritam has got two uh, two parts the first part uh, is Narad Muni's search For the greatest devotee. Narada Muni is searching who is the greatest recipient of Krishna's mercy. And then we see what happens through the search. We are going from one devotee to another. And we find that all the devotees are not admitting that they are the devotees. They are the recipients of Krishna's mercy. That is the nature of a devotee. A devotee never feels that he is a devotee. When somebody glorifies a devotee for his devotion to Krishna, glorifies him for receiving Krishna's mercy, devotee simply feels embarrassed. In embarrassment he looks down and then he starts to speak, no, 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 I am not a devotee. That person is the real devotee. And are they flattering those people? No. They're proving why they are great devotees. In this way, we find how Narad Muni's search is leading to the greatest devotee. And this search is taking us to Golok Vrindavan. The residents of Vrindavan. Are the greatest devotees. Among the residents of Vrindavan, the gopis are the greatest devotee Among the gopis, Shrimati Radharani is the greatest devotee. So in this way we find our uh, the ultimate search ends in Shrimati Radharani. She is the greatest devotee. A devotee's business is to serve Krishna devotee's business is to give pleasure to Krishna And Radharani is the one who gives the greatest pleasure to Krishna because She is the personification of Krishna's pleasure potency Ladini Shakti Pleasure potency All of Krishna's pleasure is provided by Srimati Radha So, in this way, Srila Sanatana Goswami expanded Srimad Bhagavata. And that's why we actually sang this particular verse from Shami Ashtakam. Nana shastra vicharenayika nipuno very expertly consulting various scriptures nana shastra vichare nay kanipuno sad dharma established one ultimate religious principle the eternal religion of living entities Saddharma dharma sang For the benefit of mankind Loka naṁ And therefore Tribhuvane manno sarannā karo Therefore in all three worlds They are respected And they are worshipped And they are taken shelter off Whoever wants to make spiritual advancement, must take shelter of the six Goswamis of in Book Bhakti Vinod Thakur is saying in that respect, Rupo Sanatano Pade, Dante Trinokori, Bhakote Vinodopare, Duhu Pade Dhori, Kandiya Kandiya Vale amito Adham Shikhaya Shadunagoti Korohirupta. Bhakti Vinod Thakur is saying, falling at the feet of Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami in a very humble state of mind, Dante Trinako. And Bhakti Vinod Upari, Dufupade Dhori holding on to their lotus feet. Bhaktivinoda Thakur is appealing to them with tears in his eyes, crying, sobbing, that I am so fallen, I am so degraded. Please teach me the process of surrender and elevate me to the platform of devotion to the Lord. Elevate me from my fallen condition. And how does one become truly elevated? The true elevation is to be surrendered to the lotus feet of the Lord. So, to receive the mercy of the six Goswamis is very, very important. Prabhupada, time and time again, reminded us that how we have to surrender ourselves to the Goswamis. Prabhupada translated Rupa Goswami's Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu as nectar of devotion to teach us how to become a devotee. And <clears throat> this Brihat Bhagavatamritam by Sanatan Goswami also has been translated by one of our very dear God brothers Gopi Paranadhana Prabhu who unfortunately left this planet unfortunately for us but fortunately for him because when such a devotee leaves his body he goes back to the spiritual world Gopi Paranadhana Prabhu is a very brilliant devotee He was American he was an American from New York But he became a Sanskrit scholar He did not come to India to study Sanskrit On his own he learned Sanskrit Another such person is Kushakrata Prabhu Also an American Just Sanskrit on his own And Kushakrata Prabhu translated volumes after volumes of books. I think his translation goes up to more than hundred volume, hundred books, hundred scriptures, Vaishnava literatures. So Gopi Paranandana Prabhu was a brilliant scholar. He was an editor of BBT taking care of Srila Prabhupada's translations. And very meticulously going through every single verse and its meanings uh, and uh, in course of that he learned Sanskrit. So much so that after Prabhupada left uh, he actually uh, got the responsibility to uh, write, to translate and write the commentaries on the rest of Srimad Bhagavatam. Prabhupada translated up to the thirteenth chapter of Shrimad Bhagavatam. the is thirteenth chapter of the tenth canto of Shrimad Bhagavatam, and the rest of uh, rest of Shrimad uh, tenth canto. Tenth canto is very vast; like it has eighty chapters, and then 11th canto and 12th canto he translated al- and along with Ridayananda Goswami Maharaj and then eventually he translated this Brihad Bhagavatam What a amazing service and, and we can see he has such expertise in both the languages, Sanskrit and English. Such beautiful writing. Uh, and Anshuman Brihat Bhagavatamritam also has another very beautiful aspect. Srila Sanatan Goswami wrote Bihad Bhagavatamritam. And actually Brihat Bhagavatamritam is a conversation between Pariksit Maharaj and his mother, Uttara. And this was narrated, this conversation was narrated to Janamejai, King Janamejai, by sage Jaimini. So that is how we got this literature. Jaimini spoke to Janamejaya. Janamejai is Pariksit Maharaj's son. And Janmejai when he heard that the snake takshak, uh, due to the bite of this takshak, his father died, Parikshit Maharaj died, he decided to kill all the snakes, wipe out all the snakes from this uh, universe. And he performed uh, a sacrifice that would kill all snakes. So this was the power of sacrifice and due to the sacrifice and the huge fire of the sacrifice all the snakes were just flying in and getting burnt and then eventually he was specified by the exalted personalities like Lord Brahma that don't do that like after all Everything happens by the arrangement of the Supreme Lord So By killing all the snakes You are not going to really serve your purpose Give up your anger Don't try to take revenge in this way In a similar way we remember that Dhruva Maharaj also was advised When Dhruva Maharaj's brother was killed by Yaksha king Dhruva Maharaj went and started to kill all the Yakshas. He decided to wipe out all the Yakshas, Finish all the Yakshas. But then he also was advised No, that's not the right thing to do Take this kind of revenge is not befitting a devotee. Anyway, so this way Janamejaya was specified, and then uh, Jaimini Rishi told him the history of his ancestors, his forefathers, and that is Mahabharata. Mahabharata was also spoken by another sage. Uh, another disciple of Brahma another disciple of Asdev name is Vaishampayan but his Mahabharata the Mahabharata that we generally read uh, is Vaishampayan's Mahabharata but that Mahabharata is promoting just Karmakanda section that is not uh, the Mahabharata that speaks of devotional service to Krishna but Jaimini's Mahabharata was. So Janamejaya admitted that I heard Mahabharata by Vaishampayan, but my heart was not satisfied reading, hearing that or reading that. Now when you spoke Mahabharata, it really enlightened me from in from my within. And I want to hear more and more about it. And then, as an essence of Mahabharata, Jaimini, as the essence of uh, Mahabharata, uh, Jaimini gave this description of extended Srimad Bhagavatam or Brihad Bhagavatam. So, these are all factual happenings. Parikshit Maharaj was about to leave his body, being cursed by, by a Brahmana boy. And Parikshit Maharaj immediately went to the bank of Jamuna, Bank of Ganga. And he, started, he was preparing himself to leave his body. And So this is the attitude of a devotee. Pariksit Maharaj's attitude was very befitting. He felt that when I was in my mother's womb, when I did not have any ability to defend myself, to protect myself, at that time the Lord Himself came and protected me from Brahmastra, the most powerful weapon of this universe. The most powerful weapon is actually Brahmastra. And that that weapon is so all destructive. And Krishna saved me. So now if Krishna wants me to go back to leave this body fine I will leave this body I'll leave this body so he didn't decide he didn't make any effort to protect himself he just sat there and all the sages and sentry personalities appeared there with the news that the king is about to leave his body and various sages Various exalted personalities started to give advice, and then came Sukadev Goswami. And just by the sight of Sukadev Goswami, although most of them did not see him before, recognized that this is a very, very exalted personality. So. From the appearance, one can actually uh, recognize a great saintly personality. But it needs a saintly personality to recognize a saintly personality. Materialistic persons uh, look at the handsome feature. Oh, he is very attractive. Uh, Especially a man becomes very attractive, a handsome man becomes very attractive to women. The women recognize a great, (laughs) handsome personality. But the saintly personalities may not even look at him. Like all these beautiful personalities that are worshipped all over the world, in today's world. uh, Big, big film stars, movie stars, uh, actors, actresses. Yeah, they're very handsome, very good looking, very beautiful. But the sently personalities don't even look at them. But the saintly personalities recognize the sently qualities of a person. So they recognize that this is the this is an exalted, really exalted personality. They saw he doesn't have any external consciousness is so absorbed in Krishna consciousness that he doesn't have any external consciousness. He doesn't care how he's being treated. He doesn't even wear any clothes. He is devoid of embar of shame. He's not thinking, oh, what people will think of me. Let them think whatever they want. <laughs> that is their attitude moving around naked. Just as I mentioned this morning, the four Kumaras walking around naked. But, of course, that shouldn't be imitated. The activities of such great personality shouldn't be imitated. Yes. Sometimes we find some people are walking naked. They think that, well, if I walk naked, people will think that I am a great personality. I am like, Sukhadeva Sam. But if the heart is not really pure The saintly personalities won't even look at them Actually nobody wants to look at them Because it's so embarrassing <laughs> Why do public in this world uh, Move around like that Rather if you move around like that People don't come to you and if they don't come to you, they don't be able. They won't be able to listen to Krishna, Krishna katha Therefore, we see Prabhupada went to America. Mm. Prabhupada, of course, he was, and he was dressed dressed like a sannyasi, but at the same time, when it was winter and too cold in New York and other places in America, Prabhupada put on a uh, overcoat. So Prabhupada didn't give any importance of being undressed or dressed. His consideration was, whatever is practical, let's do that. And that's what we are doing here. Whatever is practical, we are doing. We are using microphone, we are having this nice arrangement, so that you all can come and hear. I hope you are not falling asleep. That's a good sign. I noticed in the past that when I spoke philosophy, people fell asleep, devotees fell asleep. But when I spoke stories, then they all woke up. Therefore, I thought that I'll give seminars based on stories, and I can see all of you are awake. It makes me feel happy. So this is the uh, this is our goal come listen to krishna katha understand who are you understand who is krishna understand what is your relationship with krishna understand what's the benefit of developing your relationship with krishna now just consider like I mean, if Prabhupada didn't do what he did, if, first of all, in India some people had the understanding, even many people, like sometimes we speak to Madhva Sampradaya, and they they have a strict rule that one should not go out of India, one should not travel across the ocean. And they give us credit for that, their uh, Madhva Acharya, they give us credit, give Prabhupada credit Oh, Prabhupada is so practical He went out of India, across the ocean, went to America Where he didn't even know what to eat And there uh, he started to spread Krishna consciousness And look at the result. As a result of that, uh, Krishna Consciousness is spreading all over the world. The Vedic wisdom that was limited only in India is now available all over the world. And those who are born in those countries, they are becoming expert, uh, exponents of uh, this Vedic wisdom. So much so that they are teaching others. So much so that they are translating the books into English That books that were only available in Sanskrit In this way, the Lord's mercy is spreading If we have something valuable, should we keep it to ourselves or should we distribute it? What should we do? Those who think that they will keep it to themselves, they are called kripanas, they are called miserly And those who distribute it to others, they are called mahajanas, great souls, great personalities So, how many of you want to be kripanas? How How many of you want to be misers? And how many of you want to become uh, Mahajanas? Very good. So distribute good. Uh, this wonderful wealth of Krishna consciousness. Jare tare Krishna upadesh. Just as uh, I didn't have this knowledge, I was in total ignorance, I didn't have any knowledge whatsoever. And by coming in contact with Śrīla Prabhupāda, I received this knowledge. Now now that I have it, what does Prabhupāda want me to do? Does Prabhupāda just want me to stay in one corner of Mayapur, which was the place where I actually joined? And which is a wonderful place, Holy Dham. Should I just have stayed in Mayapur? Prabhupada didn't want that. Mm. Prabhupada wanted us to go out. The knowledge that he gave us, he wanted us to go out and distribute. And mm, the result of that is so wonderful. Now that also brings back one thought in my mind. Maybe I should tell it again afterwards, but I am telling it now because it's in my mind. I was told that this thought actually came because this morning Bhakti Prem Maharaj was telling me, Oh only so few have come, many others are coming tonight and many more will be coming day after tomorrow and so forth. And most of them will be coming on the 15th or 16th. Now I was thinking, why? I am giving the seminar and if they were really interested for the spiritual advancement, spiritual benefit, they all should have come here to attend the seminar. If they are coming, why not come for 5 days instead of 2 days? And that is a, that is a big difficulty in spiritual life. When one thinks, I have understood everything, I don't, I don't need to hear anything. More. I know everything. That is the greatest danger. While, trans, while consulting Brihad Bhagavatamrita, we will see that. The great devotees are eager to hear, the great devotees, even Brahma is willing to hear, Lord Shiva is willing to hear The residents of Vrindavan are willing to hear, the residents of Vaikuntha are eager to hear now, uh, we have become so exalted that we don't have to hear anybody. This point I will make very strongly during this thing. Like, then why did I come here seven days before? Am I, I, am I any less busy than any of those people? I can take the time to give the seminar and come here. I can take the trouble to fly from all the way from America just to come here. Now why didn't I come just for two days? And attended Prabhupada Memorial Festival. Naturally the purpose of my giving this seminar is to benefit you all. Now if you don't want to hear then why should I take the trouble? So anyway, remember that, like when there is an opportunity to hear, at least when you are coming you are taking your leave, you are taking, making the arrangements to fly from different parts of the world then why come only for two days? Why not extend it? I mean, the announcement was there a few years back. Everybody knows that uh, that in Ujjain we are going to have this seminar. In, on the occasion of Prabhupada Memorial Festival. So couldn't you take a few days extension of your leave? Anyway, huh? the point is, those who don't want to hear what can be done. But those who want to hear, they will derive benefit. That we see when Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur was in Parikrama in Vrindavan. Many devotees went to see uh, the different temples and different uh, places of Krishna's pastimes. Prabhupada didn't go. Prabhupada just sat by Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur and listening. And Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur appreciated that that yes he likes to hear and we can see the result like of out of so many devotees so many disciples of bhakti sridant Thakur what Srila Prabhupada has achieved is unique incomparable why because of his devotion and the devotion was generated from hearing When one is serious about spiritual life, he will be interested in hearing Krishna katha Those who are not interested in spiritual life, they will go to all these kinds of mundane aspects of... They are in ISKCON, they are in ISKCON There, many of them are involved in management and many things but they don't have any taste for hearing. So that means they are missing out. Anyway, <coughs> like the purpose of this seminar is to impart Whatever little I have got from Srila Prabhupada, whatever understanding or you may say realizations I received due to Srila Prabhupada's mercy. And this is how the transcendental mercy flows. The disciple hears from Guru and then in course of time he becomes a guru and imparts the knowledge. That is how the line of discipline succession flows via medium. Does every disciple become a proper recipient? No. Only those who have developed devotion in a real way whose heart has become purified who is willing to receive this mercy in the form of sound vibration so to go back to Brihad Bhagavatam Ritam is telling Jan what happened with Parikshit Maharaj. Parikshit Maharaj heard Srimad Bhagavatam for, from Srila Sukadev Goswami and he was about to prepare himself to leave his body. But his mother came to him. And asked him, my son, you are leaving? I saw with rapt attention You listened to your spiritual master Sukadev swami For seven days No break No consideration for eating No consideration for sleeping Just uh, With undeviated attention You listened now please tell me what you understood, what you received, what nectar you received from him. That, is, that, is, that has already made you immortal. So only a devotee can ask a question like this. Uttara is a devotee of Krishna. So therefore he, she is asking. And then Parikshit Maharaj started to narrate to her. And that is Sri Srimad Brihat Bhagavatam. Like he is describing that in Prayag Prayag is considered to be the king of all places of pilgrimage. Therefore, Prayag is called Tirtharaj Raj or Prayag Raj. Which is, how many of you know where Prayag is? Prayag is today's Allahabad. And so, there, in the month of Mag, a very grand festival takes place. And so many saintly personalities assembled there. Narad Muni also was there. And so Narad Muni was. Seeing that all these exalted personalities are glorifying each other uh, Saying, oh, you are the greatest recipient of the Lord's mercy You are the greatest of all devotees And the other person would say, no, 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 I am not a devotee I couldn't even uh, get an iota of devotion you are the greatest devotee or, they were saying, he is the greatest devotee. So, Narad Muni began to wonder, everyone is saying, everyone else is a great devotee. So, how to figure out who is the greatest devotee? So, when Narad Muni was thinking in that way, then he saw that a Brahmana, who was actually the leader of all the Brahmanas in that area surrounded by other brahmanas came to the bank of the ganges and very elaborately uh, arranged the worship of the Lord in the form of Shalagram. He made a beautiful singhasan there uh, and decorated it uh, with flowers and then offered various uh. articles uh. to the Lord and then he offered those remnants to the Brahmanas and Vaishnavas present there and then he failed the other people, those who are there, even the uh, the outcasts, untouchable people, chandalas and others and offered them the prashad of the Lord. Then offered the prashad of the Lord even to the animals and insects. And then, uh, along with his family, he took the remnants of the Lord. So, seeing his devotion, Narad Muni felt that this Brahmana is the greatest devotee. And. <coughs> So then, uh, when he was about to leave that place, uh, after honouring Prashad, he put, uh, he took the shaligram shila, and he was about to leave. Then Narad Muni approached him, uh, and Narad Muni started to exclaim. This is the greatest devotee of the Lord. This is the greatest recipient of Lord's mercy. This is the Supreme Lord Vishnu's most dear devotee. Then he ran up to the Brahmana and declared him the recipient of Krishna's highest mercy and he embraced him. But the Brahmana, hearing that, actually Narad Muni told him, O leader of the Brahmanas, it is you who have received Lord Krishna's greatest favor. After all, you have such wealth, property, generosity and personal opulence. O wise one, in the best of the holy places we have now seen for ourselves, That you are using all these assets exclusively to establish pure religion. Then the Brahmana uh, replied, O Master, what signs of Krishna's mercy have you seen in me? So this is the attitude of a devotee. You are saying I am the greatest devotee? But what sign of devotion you saw in me? Like I am just worshipping the Lord because that's my occupational duty. I am a Brahmana and my business, my occupational duty is to worship the Lord and as a consideration of my duty I am worshipping. So what is the devotion that you are me in me here? Who I am but a most wretched person? How much charity am I able to give? What opulence do I possess? And how have I ever reciprocated with the Lord in devotional service? Then he started, the Brahmana started to tell muni But the king in southern India He is the greatest devotee of the Lord. His kingdom has many temples. He is the true recipient of Lord's mercy. Saintly mendicants come from all over to his kingdom. From all directions along with pilgrims and other visitors. They wander happily sustained by food that has been offered to Krishna. Near this king's palace, the personality of Godhead is being worshipped in the most gorgeous way. He is present there in his Satchidananda Vigraha form, in his form of eternity, knowledge and bliss. He has kindly assumed a form That is not moving, non-moving. He is stationed at one place. Although he is a Supreme Personality of Godhead, he is just staying at one place. He is not moving. Although his form is Satchidana, the Eternity, Knowledge and Bliss, he is standing there, uh, non-moving to receive uh, the worship of his devotees. And centered around the Lord, All the time various festivals are going on in that kingdom. So the king respectfully feeds all the residents of the country and the many foreign visitors with the remnants of Lord Vishnu's worship. And all these saintly personalities come from different places to live there. Because they appreciate the king's devotion, the way he worships the Lord. And the way he worships the saintly personalities. And being attracted by his devotion, they all settle down there. And as a result of that, what happens? The place, that kingdom became a place of pilgrimage. place of pilgrimage is the place uh, where saintly people reside. Wherever there are saintly personalities, that place is the place of pilgrimage. That is a real place of pilgrimage. They come out of eagerness to see the lotus-eyed deity of the Lord, to relish the food and other special remnants from the Lord and to obtain the association of spiritually advanced personalities. The sentry people like the association of other sentry people. So that's why they settle down where the sentry personalities are there. What is the result of that pious activity of the king? This is a very important thing to note. As a result of this devotional attitude of the king, the earth yields food grains without being tilled. They don't have to till the land. The food grows automatically from that land. Rain falls just enough for uh, people's comfort and for the cultivation. And whatever fruits, vegetables and clothing one desires are easily obtainable there. So life becomes very easy. They don't have to work hard. Now we can see, because the world has become so sinful and devotion to the Lord is practically missing in this world, what has life become? Like people have to struggle so hard to earn their livelihood. They have to work morning till night just to maintain their family. And now what is happening is just one person's income is not enough. So both husband and wife have to work. Previously the husband used to work and the wife used to take care of the household. I couldn't have to tell you frankly. I, mean, I could never imagine my mother going to an office working. It's completely beyond my... Imagination, and I think that's the case with most of uh, the most of the elder generation. Bhakti Prem Maharaj, can you imagine your mother going to the office? (laughs) How many of you? I mean, anyway, that's as I was saying. But now it's a common thing, Ah. and we are seeing uh, that it has become a common standard. That. Everyone has to go out and work, the girls have to go out and work They're going to study and they think, well I'm studying and if I don't get a job then what's the use of my study? I spent so many years getting the degree and only those who are very opulent, when the husband is a rich one then only the wife doesn't have to go to work So the intelligent girls will get married to somebody (laughs) who will take care of them in such a way that they don't have to go out and work. So point is, those days, because of the devotion to the Lord, life was so easy. They didn't have to endeavor for anything. Food was easily available. Other necessities of life like clothing, housing, everything was very easily available. But now they have to work so hard, and it is becoming harder and harder. Mm. Like, <clears throat> uh, like it's not only in countries like America and Europe; it's happening in India also. Mm. Like, they have to uh, get a how get an apartment in mortgage, mm. and they have to keep on paying for 30 years so see they're stuck for 30 years (laughs) because if they can't pay then they'll be kicked out of that house Uh, that they have paid uh, they have acquired and they may have paid for 29 years out of 30 years but if the default in paying for three months the house will be taken out from there So this is how human beings are becoming entangled in this material nature. Do you think that's a very nice way to live? No. And many of our devotees are very smart. Although they got their degrees, although they had good jobs, but they realize that job is actually slavery. So they don't, they don't want to take up that job, they want to join ISKCON People do not understand why they are behaving like that Especially, often I find the parents cannot understand The parents come and complain That, oh he was earning so much money We took so much trouble to educate himself He was such a bright boy And now he gave up everything and joined Your institution. Please send them back home. (laughs) Please send them back home. So what is our answer? Many of them know here. My answer is, well you speak to him. We don't want to keep him. You speak to them and deal with them (laughs) and they get frustrated. At least in India they accept, the sons have become a sadhu, joined ISKCON. But in the West they think that we are brainwashing them. Ah. We have some, we have drugged them or given something that they cannot think anymore, they have become dodos. (laughs) And that's what has happened, they have been brainwashed. In that respect, Prabhupada said to begin with, they didn't have any brain to be washed. (laughs) I am giving them the brain. And even if they had some brain, and if it was dirty, and if it was being washed, what's wrong with that? Uh, Washing is not a bad thing, washing is a good thing. (laughs) And that's what is happening, yes. We are brainwashed, but for our own benefit. And the citizens in that country were treated like the king as their own children, as his own children. So that is how they felt. And as a result of that, they have completely surrendered to the king. They perform their own social duties and are devoted to Lord Krishna. So, upon hearing about the glory of the king, Narad Muni became excited. Oh, yeah, he is such a great devotee. Now here we also have to understand one thing, like as I was saying that when a person, when a devotee is saying that I am not a devotee, he is a greater devotee, there is a reason behind that. So what is the reason the Brahmana is saying? That I am a Brahmana, my duty is to worship the Lord. So that's what I am doing. So what's so great about it? But this king is a kshatriya. He's a warrior. He's a king. He doesn't need to worship the Lord. But this is a sign of his devotion. He's such a great devotee that, in spite of being a king, he is serving the Lord with such earnestness, with so much sincerity. the narad muni arrived at the kingdom of that king and narad muni started to glorify the king you are the real recipient of krishna's mercy after all your kingdom is so opulent it has the best citizens endowed with most excellent character religiousness prosperity knowledge and devotion to god And he elaborately described the king praising his greatness, and Narad Muni was embracing him again and again as if he found the object of his worship. However, what did the king do? Hearing these words of Narad Muni, the king bowed his head down in embarrassment. As if he heard something which was not at all pleasing to hear. A personality like Narad Muni is telling that he is such a great devotee. So the king felt very embarrassed and the king started to tell Narad Muni, O sage among the demigods, I am a human being with a short span of life, little opulence and little to give others. What do I have? After all, I am a human being. What is my position? And what is the duration of my life? Ah. And I have no independence. I am constantly attacked by fear and ruled by threefold miseries of material life. How can you say that I am a recipient of Krishna's mercy? Why do you wrongly consider me an object of Krishna's compassion? And then the king started to tell Narad Muni that the demigods are the real objects of the Supreme Lord Vishnu's mercy. They have effulgent bodies and are always worshipable by men, they are sinless, they are fixed in goodness, free from distress and always happy. They act and travel wherever they like. They give their blessings by granting what their devotees desire. This is the position of the demigods. So compared to them, who am I? And you are calling me the recipient of Krishna's mercy. I mean, what kind of mercy that you are seeing in me? The real recipient of Krishna's mercy are the demigods. Look at them. Their body is so effulgent. This body is not affected by any material calamities. They are situated in a mode of goodness. And they are uh, free from distress and always happy. They can travel anywhere they like. They can go anywhere they like. And they give blessings to their devotees. They fulfill the desires of their devotees. They are so powerful. Whatever their devotee desire, okay, granted, they give that. Hmm. Their food is the nectar of immortality. Their food is nectar. That gives immortality, which does away with such misery of death, disease and old age. There, these threefold miseries are not there anymore. Death, disease and old age, they don't grow old. Because they drink nectar, they never die. Their body never becomes, uh, they never become old or wither. And due to their good fortune, they live in the realm of heaven which humans on earth can attain only by perfect pious activities. And then he started to describe that among the demigods, Purandar, Indra is the greatest. His devotion is so great that the Lord has become his younger brother. Bamandev or Upendra was born from the same parents of Indra. Kashyap and Aditi. He rules the three planetary system for 71 celestial ages, a length of sovereignty no mundane king could earn. Even by one hundred horse sacrifices. Uccheshrava is his horse. Airavat is his elephant. And his cow Surabhi, Nandini can give unlimited amount of milk and can fulfill all desire. And his garden is the resplendent Nandan Khanan, Most beautiful garden with Parijata trees, the desired trees, whose flower, the flower of Parijata, can give whatever one wants. So that is how wonderful Indra's garden is. Those trees adorned with desire yielding creepers assume whatever forms one may like. Even a single flower from those trees can fully satisfy one's desires. Whether for wonderful songs or music, splendid dances, bright clothing and ornaments, good food or anything else, whatever one desires, one can immediately get from just the flower of Padijata. How can I ever describe Indra's greatest fortune? The personality of Godhead Vishnu has taken the form of Brahmandev and became his younger brother Lord Brahmandev encourages Indra by shielding him from dangers And by accepting in person the elaborate worship Indra offers But of course you already know this and much more You already know that you know the position of the demigods, you know the position of Indra, because you are you yourself are a resident of heavenly planet, Sargog. And upon hearing that, what did Narad Muni do? Narad Muni immediately wanted to go to Sargadok to see Indra, especially how the Lord is being worshipped by Indra personally. Prior to that he saw uh, the Lord is being worshipped in his deity form. But now the Lord in his personal form as in, as Vamanadeva is accepting Indra's offerings, Indra's worship. So, uh, Narad Muni became eager to find out uh, like how great is the devotion of that king and how wonderfully the Lord is blessing him. So <clears throat> then what happens? Now Indra will go and Narad Muni will go and meet Indra. So this is the first chapter of the first canto of. We have so, I <coughs> will invite questions. If anybody has any question, you can ask. This, I thought this question was from Udayananda Prabhu, but it came from Mukunda Madhav. Murari, Mukunda, Madhav, oh Mukunda Murari, I am sorry, Mukunda Murari, Mukunda Murari came from Jaipur, thank you for coming, kindly accept my most humble obeisances at the dust of your lotus feet, Guru Maharaj. Prahlad Maharaj was pure devotee, then how he comes under the influence of mode of passion, anger, and decides to kill all the juxtapos. Okay, this was not Prahlad Maharaj, this was Dhruva Maharaj. And Dhruva Maharaj was a king, so as a king he had the he was in the mode of passion, therefore, he's a kshatriya. So, kshatriya can be angry, very angry, so angry that in, if anybody stands in front of him in opposition, he can chop his head off. the Prabhu had a big question written in big letters. <laughs> To attain heaven, you have to follow regulative principles. Why would people perform austerities and penances to attain heaven when you just perform the same austerities for regulative principles and attain the eternal spiritual world? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Those who know about the spiritual world, they don't want to go to heaven. Only those who do not know, those who are still interested in sense gratification. So for them it's a big deal. Oh, in heaven there is, there is somras. You drink and don't get hangover. And the somras. Huh? gives strength and power and youthfulness, and then what to speak of, nectar. And in heavenly planet there are Aksaras, the beautiful girls, and you can dance with them and have a lot of fun with them. (laughs) So they think, well, that is the place to go. See, those who are interested in mundane sense gratification, their understanding is only limited to that. But in heaven they'll get it in a greater degree. Just like when Prabhupada was in Switzerland, Prabhupada mentioned that many Indians will think that this is heaven. If they come here, they'll think this is heaven. The place is so beautiful, the women there are so beautiful, <laughs> so much sense gratification. But it takes only a devotee to understand and that's what we'll find here, especially in the next chapter, next part, Gopkuma's journey. And as a result of that, it has been described. that. Uh, That the elevation to heavenly planet, to a devotee, is like a phantasmagoria, not real. A pie in the sky, akash kushum. Can there be a flower in the sky? No, it's only imaginary. So, heavenly enjoyment is only imaginary. Not real. Hmm. Phantasmagoria. Next is question from (laughs) Radhikeshwari. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept. Thank you for the wonderful seminar. You mentioned about King Janumejai doing Jagya to kill all snakes and dhruva Maharaj trying to kill all the Jaksha uh, in spite of the fact that they were great devotees. Eventually, they were pacified. If, in that connection, how and in which way Must a practicing neophyte devotee try to overcome disturbances that come their way in Hare Krishna, in practicing their spirituality? Oh, this is from Radhika. I thought so. (laughs) Gita Kirti Radhika. I just didn't see the back of the thing.